In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Betches Media presents... A lot of them aren't even... Even pretending to be in charge. Slow the testing down. Remove him from office. No justice, no peace. Cast a vote that will make you proud. The Betches Sup Podcast. With all due respect, that's a bunch of malarkey. Hello and welcome to the Betches Up Podcast. I'm Brian Russell Smith. And I'm Amanda Duberman. And the Betches Up Podcast is your daily rundown of all the crazy shit going on in the news brought to you by your two funniest friends. Which is us. Obviously, the news today is nothing to laugh at. Last night, protests erupted around the nation after the news that none of the three officers involved in Breonna Taylor's death would be charged with her killing. So yesterday, Kentucky Attorney General Daniel Cameron announced that a grand jury indicted a former police officer on wanted endangerment charges for his actions the night Breonna Taylor was killed. Brett Hankison was found to display extreme indifference to human life when he shot blindly into Breonna Taylor's apartment. However, the life he is accused of endangering is not Breonna Taylor's. Instead, the charge applies to the risk put on Taylor's neighbors during the police raid on her home. Her neighbors were not harmed. Their walls were. Uh, Breonna Taylor was killed. Breonna Taylor's name is not even mentioned in that indictment, and the other two officers right now face no charges, even though they were most likely the ones who shot the bullets that killed Taylor. Um, Cameron said yesterday they were not able to determine that, but that it is something that is sometimes healing for the family to know. In any event, the three officers are all obviously responsible for their death, but none for her death, but none are being held responsible. So let's play a quick clip from Cameron's announcement yesterday. According to Kentucky law, the use of force by Mattingly and Cosgrove was justified to protect themselves. This justification bars us from pursuing criminal charges in Ms. Breonna Taylor's death. The truth is now before us. The facts have been examined and a grand jury comprised of our peers and fellow citizens has made a decision. Justice is not often easy, does not fit the mold of public opinion, and it does not conform to shifting standards. It answers only to the facts and to the law. Yesterday was a bad day. Yeah. Um, And then, uh, you know, we saw the protests happening afterwards. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it was not a good day. Um, I don't, there's not really much else to say. I mean... It's just when someone is shot to death, someone should be held responsible. I feel like that is the, you just simplify it that way. You know, it's, it's like, okay, so then someone, no matter what needs to face some sort of consequence or be held responsible. But so it just like, doesn't really compute. Right. It's like, how do you have a murder without a murderer? How do you have a killing without a killer? Mm -hmm. And just thinking about, you know, hearing people that say, and just the justification that was in that clip that like the, the cops were shot at, so they were justified. 
we all move through the world. I don't know about you, Brian, but the way I understand moving through the world, and I've seen enough news where it's like if you accidentally kill somebody, you're still held responsible. I think that's mm -hmm. why we don't go around act shooting into walls and shooting into apartments all the time, right? Like if, you, if you're a bad driver and you drive in a way that is reckless, you are held responsible for the consequences. Yes. Like mm -hmm. that's, that's, what, that's what these laws keep society together. And when they're not yeah. applied, it's like you send the message to police everywhere that like you can kill black people in their sleep, just like watch out for the neighbor's walls. It's, you know, and it's frightening because, you know, uh, you're supposed to be safe in your home when you're asleep. And when you are a black person, that is probably one of the few places you feel safest. Um, and in part, maybe because of, I mean, like you said, because everywhere else is unsafe and in other states, police have been let off specifically because of laws that say, if you think that somebody is like coming into your domain, you have a right to protect it. Mm -hmm. And that's what Kenneth Walker was doing. Brianna Taylor's yeah. boyfriend. So it's just, there's no, there would never be really justice, but you know, there really is no, none. 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 Right. I've been um, hearing a lot that like justice would have been if she were alive today. And yes. that the best we could hope for is accountability and we're still waiting. Yes. And it's that's why people do say Black Lives Matter because things like this happen. And these are the consequences for them. Like, Black women don't feel safe right now because right. of this. Hey, American Fever Dream listeners, I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Because now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone for any occasion. And it's easy. You just tap or click Gift Mode in your Etsy app or Etsy.com and then answer a few questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And Gift Mode instantly gives you a curated gift idea list based on hundreds of personas. Now it is simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a Mother's Day gift for the quilter or a birthday present for the vintage hunter, there is something for everyone on Etsy. Some of my favorite things to do are go to Etsy gift mode and then search absurd things like what kind of gifts do you have with Walter Cronkite on them? What kind of gifts do you have for dachshund owners? There's jewelry, ceramic, toys, board games, all kinds of fun stuff. A gifting moment is always right around the corner, whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you. Gift mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try gift mode on Etsy now. Today's episode of American Fever Dream is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you. It's Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription rental service, and for just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles. They also have inclusive sizing up to 5X, as well as petite and maternity. You get fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning and newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to worry about. This is the best. You just put it back in your box, send it out, and before you know it, you've got your next one. And you always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. I bought the Rachel Antonoff pasta puffer from them. I was obsessed with it, like everybody who tries it is, and it was completely sold out everywhere else. So I felt like I really, really had an in there. So thank you, Newly. 
Newly is an amazing value at $98 a month for any six styles. And right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code FeverDream20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's Newly with two U's and enter the code FeverDream20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com. Newly with two U's with code FeverDream20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. Also yesterday, President Trump refused to promise a peaceful transfer of power should he lose the November election. Let's listen. Win, lose, or draw in this election, will you commit here today for a peaceful transfer of power after the election? There has been rioting in Louisville. There's been rioting in many cities across this country, red and your so-called red and blue states. Will you commit to making sure that there is a peaceful transfer of power after the election. Well, we're going to have to see what happens. You know that I've been complaining very strongly about the ballots, and the ballots are a disaster. I and, understand that, but and, people are rioting. Do you commit uh, to making know, sure that there's a no, peaceful wanna, transfer of power? We want to have get rid of the ballots, and you'll have a very trans. We'll have a very peaceful. There won't be a transfer, frankly. There'll be a continuation. Uh, the ballots are out of control. You know it, and you know who knows it better than anybody else. The Democrats know it better than anybody else. This is terrifying. Brian, yesterday kind of broke me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was not a good it was not a good day. Trump Trump makes a statement. Um, the ending of it doesn't really make sense to me. Democrats know the, the ballots, you know, and we've seen even just over the weekend, Bill Barr was giving an interview and he was asked about like what evidence and he's like logic. It's like what? Right. <laughs> that was his that was his evidence. Lot his 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 own logic was that they are, there is going to be mass voter fraud. And then there was this piece of the Atlantic that just came out that basically laid the groundwork of how it could, it was, I think it's called, um, what if Trump refused, or the election that could break America. Basically. Oh, I saw that headline. Yeah. Just basically talking about all the things that could happen between election day and the day the electors, the electoral college people go to Washington, D.C. and vote. And it's just frightening all of the, you know, he is just really, he's not campaigning against Joe Biden at all. He's campaigning against the idea of your vote mattering and, you know, just voting happening. Republicans repeatedly are on record saying that they need to suppress the vote because they don't win when more people vote. They say this. They have it mm-hmm. on tape. And there is going to be so much effort between now and after the election where it's it's going to be frightening unless there is a overwhelming, overwhelming victory from Joe Biden. No matter what, he's going to say, if there's yeah. mail-in ballots still being counted, he's going to be like, those don't count. Those are fake, illegitimate ballots. Um, just there's so many things that are... are could happen, let alone what could even happen on election day is what frightens me too. And I think so it's just really important that everyone make sure they vote if they can vote as early as possible now, if you can. Yeah, that's the message, I think. Yeah. So it's it's just have, have everything be ready to be counted day of first things first, all the votes. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. Right. It's so it's so heartening to see places like in Minnesota and Virginia where people like they are already voting. It's mm-hmm. really, really heartening that it's yeah. you know, six weeks away. Yeah. And also, 
I mean, so many people, a number of states this week have made like some changes to the election that mainly involve like you can turn in your ballot a little bit later. Mostly they mm-hmm. are extensions of how long they will continue to open envelopes and count ballots um, in those swing states, which is going to run into, you know, as late as like November 12th. So there mm-hmm. is going to be that like, I. it's so weird because we've been so like now that the time up until the election is actually like condensing. It's appearing in like different blocks. Like you said, it's like, okay, we have six weeks until the election, but then we're going to have the time where we're waiting for the full results. And then there's the time between the results and the electors cast their vote. And then there's the time between the electors cast their vote and inauguration. And it's like each stage of that is going to be a different kind of nightmare. Unless like you said, it's a blowout. The the best that the best that we can hope for at this point, I I think, and this kind of this kind of goes into that article I was talking about. There is the best case scenario is like because like we can't imagine a place tr- where Trump admits defeat. He won't do it. He his he psych- will not. Psych- he never will. His psychology won't let him physically do it. And uh, you know, but he may just disappear and become a permanent internet troll for the rest of his. <laughs> Hopefully not very long life. Right. Um, right. Did you see that clip today of everyone booing him? Yeah. That was I that was amazing because he never you didn't I didn't realize until I saw that clip that he never faces his critics. He never faces mm-hmm. his opposition. He never gets out of a car in a Democrat city like that he and just had one, to stand there and take and it. The one time he did try and have to potentially face his opposition he had the national guard tear gas them out oh that's he was true. that afraid he's that afraid he is that afraid of you know facing opposition i think he would freeze i think he can't handle it because his brain just can't handle it right he would just like fritz out yeah um i don't know i just hope he becomes a just a you know internet troll and i can just mute and block this man and never have to see or hear him ever again yeah yeah Yesterday, Trump also repeated his urgency to fill RBG's Supreme Court seat. So there are nine justices to resolve election disputes. Um, We had eight, count them, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eights for 2016's election, but this was not a concern then. A handful of Republicans came out to affirm that there must be a peaceful transition of power. So that's really what it comes down to is people around him just being like, Mm -hmm. yeah, you lost, dude. Get the fuck out of here. I know. And one of the Republicans that actually did go on Twitter yesterday and say there will be a peaceful transition of power for sure was Mitch McConnell. But you know what's like, it's not peaceful when you steal a Supreme Court seat and then that Supreme Court, they're going to have a six to three majority and then the Supreme Court t- steals the election for Donald Trump. It's not going to be peaceful. It is not going to no. be peaceful. And we say this because this is the precedent that was set with Al with Gore Bush. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like, perhaps, and that was just saying the re- they had to stop the recount. You know what I mean? Yeah. It wasn't that, it wasn't even that Biden or Bush had won. It's just because Gore conceded. That's all that, it's that's just, the way that and, ended. And so it's like, so this is what we're going to hold our standard to? No. no. <laughs> so hopefully this all doesn't, I'm sorry that this was such a, I mean, <laughs> I it is a scary world out there. So, but, you know, so sometimes we have to reflect that. I know. Luckily, luckily the, the, the video, but we have a really exciting interview that we're going to play after this that I did with um, Jess Morales Riquetto, who is a founding member of Supermajority. And they are kind of like a women's, 
political engagement group and this weekend they have like basically a Coachella lineup of really cool like voter engagement things with like every cool celebrity and politician you could imagine. Um, so we talk about that a little bit and like fantasize about who could possibly fill a RBG seat, even though I guess we're actually going to get the, that news over the weekend. Mm-hmm. What's worse than Gilead? <laughs> <laughs> Like it's not, it doesn't work anymore. Like this uh-huh. is, oh, LOL, this is Gilead. I know. I don't know what it is. Gilead's like know. the quaint town down the street. This is something Mordor. else. Mordor. Mordor. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, Brian. And you guys stick around to hear my interview with Jess morales Forgetto. Hello, everybody. It's Amanda, and I'm back. I'm here today with Jess morales Riquetto, the Civic Engagement Director of the National Domestic Workers Alliance and the Executive Director of Care in Action, where she spearheads advocacy and electoral campaigns for the two and a half million domestic workers in this country. But she's also the co-founder of Supermajority, a new women's political action group that has some, oh my gosh, I'm so excited to talk to you about your plans for the weekend. It's so cool. Let's just get right into it. Thank you so much for joining us, Jess. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Really excited. I too am excited about all of our weekend plans now. So can't wait to talk about it. You know what? I haven't heard anyone say that just for six months. (laughs) (laughs) I I was, I am good. Yes, I am in general a very enthusiastic person. And I feel like for everyone, I'm trying to amp it up to like 25 because (laughs) if there is ever a time when we need a little extra enthusiasm, it's right now. Oh my God, I know. So tell me a little bit about first what Supermajority is and then go into what you have planned uh, coming up and how you're going to engage with voters. Yes, of course. Um, Well, I'm, um, you know, Supermajority is a kind of like amazing Avengers moment for women's equality. Uh, We are founded to harness the power of a multiracial, multi-generational um, you know, kind of set of women to really meet the challenges and energy of this moment. Um, you, your listeners, I'm guessing, probably know that literally everything is on the line um, this November, but it's not only just in November, it is also well beyond that. So we want to train women to really um, learn how to be powerful uh, in our country. And one of the big ways that we're doing that is via Supercharge, which is happening on Saturday, September 26th. We are so excited about this. Think of this as like the kickoff to a major, you know, like democracy challenge where we're going to go all It honestly in. looks like Coachella for like woke women of the internet and all women, but there's just, it's incredible. I love it. Coachella for Woke Women of the Internet is amazing. <laughs> yes. You, spots are actually filling up super fast. So everyone should go to supercharge2020.com um, and RSVP. We're going to have live performances, comedy, you know, like some of your very famous friends and are also super inspiring, but not that famous friends. Um, and <laughs> give you kind of the tools that you need to make sure that you can make a difference in this election and beyond. Yeah. Awesome. So this is basically a big engagement campaign with lots of really awesome programming with everyone from Kamala Harris to Amy Schumer. I mean, every cool person that you can think of seems to be involved in this in some way. Um, What is the goal of this big day of action? Mm -hmm, Absolutely. I mean, we really want to kick off the next 30 days of action where we are doing a, trying to engage 1 million women in a massive 
women to women voter engagement campaign. People are going to be sending text messages. They're going to be making phone calls. They're going to be writing letters all in service of making sure that we do everything we can to put it all on the line for this election. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think it means more because the goal of this is specifically women to women interaction. That's right. And, you know, I think a lot of our listeners have, you know, they've, they've heard make phone calls, make, do some texts. I think a lot have already done that. Why do you think that the specific women to women uh, element can be important and is worth emphasizing? Yeah. I'm really glad you asked that because, well, one thing is the reason that you constantly hear people like me telling you to make phone calls and send text messages is that the vast majority of people do not actually do it. I know, I know, exactly. <laughs> so that's one big thing, which is just like, if you've never done it before, this is the time. If you're a little scared, don't worry. That's partly why we're doing Supercharge. It's to help you have the confidence and the tools that you need to be able to do that. We are with you all the way in that journey. Um, but the other thing is that it is actually more effective and powerful when women are talking to women. So people are interested in talking to folks who they feel like maybe share their experience experiences, which kind of like makes sense, right? When you meet someone for the first time or you're like at a dinner party, you're trying to find common ground. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and that's one of the things that happens when we are talking to other women, when we are making phone calls, there's already kind of a moment of common ground. Now, of course, we're all, we are all amazing and unique and different. But what we have found in voter engagement campaigns in the past is that when women reach out to other women, it is actually more effective than if they're hearing from um, teenagers or men or whatever. Um, So that is one of the reasons that we're so, so focused on making sure that we really talk to each other. Yeah, Allie. Um, Can you talk about kind of the founding of Supermajority? And I'm curious, you know, was there something that happened with the women's vote in 2016 that you're specifically trying to overcome this year with the voter engagement and everything that you're doing? Yeah, I mean... You know, Supermajority is co-founded by Cecile Richards, Lisa Garza, Ijen Poo, Catherine Granger, Georgia Schieblin, and myself. And I say every single one of us because, you know, it is like we're all a little bit different. We all had a little bit different experiences. And part of what we did is, you know, friends got together and talked about something and then they called a friend of a friend and a friend of a friend, right? Um, because we we knew that on our own, we could only do so much and all of us were already doing quite a lot, Um, but together we could be more powerful. And that's part of what we're trying to do with Supermajority very much mirrors uh, kind of the way that we were founded. How can women get together, collaborate on really taking their power and making a difference in this election and beyond this election? In part because of what happened in 2016, which is, that, which is that I think a bunch of women really realized just a little too late how powerful their power and voice really was. And so four years later, we have an opportunity to really have a little bit of a rematch and take our all this protesting, all this you know knowledge and education, all this passion to the voting booth to really make sure that we elect the right kinds of leaders who are going to take our country forward, not backwards. Yeah. And I believe the organization has something called majority rules, which is some of the sort of guiding ideas for what you're doing. Can you talk a little bit about those? Yes. I'm so glad you asked about the majority rules because it's one of the most important things, you know, I think about super majority. Um, when we first started, iGen in particular was like extremely committed to making sure that we had something that talked about who we are and what we stand for, but in a way that makes sense to people. 
Yeah, totally. <laughs> something that people <laughs> understand and can use. So I'm actually just going to say the rules really quick because they are evergreen and amazing. So rule number one is that our lives are safe. Rule number two is that our bodies are respected. Rule number three is that our work is valued. Rule number four is that our families are supported. And rule number five is that our government represents us. So super, I hope yeah. that makes a lot of sense to you. I hope you were like, yeah. yes, 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 yes. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and then there's the super rule. And the super rule is maybe the most important rule. And it's really that the lives and experiences of women, especially women of color, are front and center in addressing all of our nation's challenges. And um, we believe that the people who are most impacted must be at the center of the solutions. Yeah, as you're saying all of this, it's just, it's pretty unbelievable how everything has sort of converged from the pandemic, which has disproportionately impacted women, especially women who are in the professions that you're most connected with, obviously the protests for racial justice, uh, and very sadly last week, the passing of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. It's just sort of like, it, it's just wild to me that the things that we've been talking about for the past three years have now just gotten to like their greatest intensity in, in kind of the six weeks leading up. How has the death of Ruth Bader Ginsburg impacted your sort of plans? I mean, I've followed what you guys have done. And I think a lot of groups have been saying for a long time, whether Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed away this week or not, this election was about that seat. Let me, yes. I mean, 100 million percent. When I, you know, I think it's like when we said everything is on the line, we really meant it, right? Uh. And that was before Justice Ginsburg passed, but now it is like absolutely thrown into just such stark relief. And for us, I would say Justice Ginsburg's death didn't really change our focus. Rather, it really focused us. Supercharge is about women's political power and agency. Supermajority is about women's political power and agency. And RBG really fought that, for that her entire life. So we're really providing women who want to take up the mantle of RBG that she really took into her very last days. Um, we want to give them the opportunity to, to take that up and really fight because this is a fight for our lives and it's going to take all of us. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, right now there's really a lot of urgency to sort of exclaim what we don't want in a justice. And I wanted to maybe with you for a moment live in a world where we can sort of fantasize about like what if we could fill this seat with our nominee, which is like a space I haven't really let myself go into for a while. But when I do, it's like we really do have a chance eventually to put somebody on a court somewhere who really reflects RBG's legacy. In your mind, you know, what would that person look like? Who is she? What values does she have? Yeah, I mean, every single one of justices on the Supreme Court plays such an important role, I think, in really taking us to those like very simple words of a more perfect union that come from our like very founding. And to be a more perfect union, they have to be willing to fight for gender equality, civil rights, civil liberties. So for me, a dream replacement would be someone who really wants to be an impartial justice as it relates to the law, but also really has experiences and education and understanding about how laws really affect our lives, especially because when the founders wrote about a more perfect union, that was a really long time ago and a lot of stuff has changed since then. <laughs> so right. that, that seems really important. You know, I do have like some names I just like want to throw out there and yeah. this is just like my kind of like dream list. You know, if, if I got to be the person who appointed people yeah. on the Supreme Court, <laughs> um, a few people are like Michelle Alexander, the incredible author and Rachel wow, scholar, yeah. Brian Stevenson, who heads the Equal Justice Initiative and has like put forward amazing legal scholar who's done incredible work around criminal justice reform, 
um, and also recognizing our country's history of lynching. Um, Vanita Gupta, who's one of our country's leading civil rights activists, like these are all awesome, badass, um, brilliant, totally brilliant, innovative, yeah. like legal minds. And having somebody like that on the Supreme Court, like would rock that building to its its foundations. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As much as like everybody is very animated this election about what we're voting against, I do think it's important to let ourselves think about what we could be voting for, you know, once we sort of restore some of these institutions. Woo, you are singing my song, Amanda. This is like my absolute favorite thing. Like ultimately, I am not in the business of trying to take everything down, not because it doesn't need to be taken down. Many, many things about our government and our systems absolutely do need to be like just like get rid of them. But I'm doing this because I actually believe another world is possible. Not only that it's possible, that but that it's inevitable. And I say that because I imagine a world where this, you know, the um, air quality is good all the time to go outside. I imagine a world where we never have to talk about women's equality again because women aren't equal. I imagine a world where black people go outside and they never worry about their safety. I imagine a world where, oh, I get so emotional because this is so, so, so important. I imagine a world where caregivers are paid for what they deserve. And all those things are so exciting to me. That's actually why I'm in this work, because I'm trying to create something that we have never done in this country before. Something that I believe not only is so important, but also is such a beautiful, incredible, amazing vision um, that, that is actually possible. Not like just dreams that will never happen. Things that we personally can take on the work of making it happen. And that is rad as hell. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I love, you know, the idea of majority rules and supermajority. It's like women are already most of the people in most places. And, and it's only a matter of time until people of color are too. So I really appreciate the message of like, the power already is ours. It's been manipulated and withheld from us, but it's still ours sort of for the taking. Yes. Say that. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> So I wanted to know also, I believe you have sort of specific information that you share with uh, low propensity voters. Uh, what is that information? What does it involve? Um, how have you sort of gone about making those messages effective? Yes. So I like to talk about low propensity voters as high potential voters. So that means um, that is women that are, um, they don't vote in every single election because they haven't been invested in and no one's been really talking to them. But when they do vote, they really vote with their values that is kind of a, a vision for the future that we can like 100% get behind. And that's why we're kind of leaving no stone unturned. We want to talk directly to those women um, and say to them that their voice absolutely matters, their vote 100% will be counted. And so we really did some research to try to understand how high um, potential women of color voters feel. And what we found is that women of color like are absolutely feeling the brunt of what's happening in the world. There is the trifecta of the coronavirus and the economic depression and the racial injustice that, that those women are experiencing. I like to call that the triple pandemic that we are in. And that has actually led to an unprecedented level of stress and anxiety and a real recognition of the challenges that we're facing. Um, that's what those women told us over and over and over again. So it's really up to all of us to make sure that we're making the case to every single one of those women. And also like a thing I'll just say to my, my fellow women of color sisters is like, we have the power to make a difference in this election. You do not need a PhD in politics. You have everything you need inside of you to vote and to talk to your friends and family about voting because when we do, we will be the reason um, that 
our country moves forward, not backwards. And, and I can't think of anything more powerful than that. Yeah, me neither. Me neither. I'm so excited. So this Saturday is the Supercharged Women All-In virtual event. It's going to be streaming on supercharged20.com and all across all the social, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. It starts at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. Any, what else? Supercharged2020.com. Make sure you RSVP. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be really fun. I think I'm going to have my friends in my bubble over and just put it on my actual TV. That's what I think I'm going to do too. My, my, um, bubble friends sister lives with me and my twin and um, sister and I are in our, um, uh, pod together, you know, like okay. in our little yeah. bubble. So I think we're just going to have like girl power Saturday. <laughs> awesome. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you so much for your time, Jess. And until the return of democracy, I'm Amanda Duberman and this is the Betches Up podcast. The Betches Sub Podcast is produced by Sean Kilby and Amanda Duberman. Our podcast managers are Mike Coscarelli and Sean Kilby. Social media by Amanda Duberman. Artwork by Brittany Levine. Be sure to follow us at Betches underscore Sup on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send your emails to sup at Betches.com. Betches.